Hey, welcome to the Botcast Podcast. My name is Don. My name is Scott. And today we are bringing you a brand new book that we affectionately we call Ezekiel. Now, when he says brand new, it's not really that new. No, as a matter of fact, Ezekiel dates somewhere between 597 and 571 BC. So it's a pretty old book, and it's probably <laughs> on the New York Times bestseller. Oh, yeah. Or should be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if it would be there separate or whether it would be on there just in in, in the, the compilation of, of the book, books of the Bible, but somewhere it's probably on there. I'm going to make a loud microphone noise because I hate my listeners. No, I'm just kidding. I love and, you guys. And I think I've asked this before. So like, I don't know, does that put Ezekiel on the New York Times bestselling author? Or does God still get full credit for that? Or is it like a co-authorship? Um, you know, hmm. I think he'd let Ezekiel make a little off that, okay. even though he's dead. Right. For many I, years. I, mean, I don't think Ezekiel's making a profit there, but... Uh, pro- you know. uh, making <laughs> oh, a profit. I didn't, I, mean, get, did I didn't mean to, but uh, yes, I mean, yes, I meant to. <laughs> um, so I guess he is making a profit. Man, I should have gone with that joke and taken full credit he's, for it. Yeah, he's like proclaiming his... I got nothing. I, yeah. It just died right there. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, I'm I'm excited about Ezekiel. Um, good. I am like way excited, and now I want to like. I know in the beginning he's kind of, you know, taking over after um, Jeremiah, and I kind of was like, well, I want to go study Jeremiah now too, and but I'm also studying like 80 other things um, at the same time. So I was like, ah, oh. but but Ezekiel has been way fun so far. And that's your problem. You're studying too much. I, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm. Worried. I'm I, I have a break from my master's until January, whatever. Okay. Um, I mean, we're recording this in whatever month you're listening <laughs> until June. No, whatever. Um, that's not snow outside the window. Uh, yeah, I have a break for like a month and I'm, my brain is like, no, you're supposed to be reading books you don't care about and <laughs> studying theories and models you don't like. So I'm not getting a Bible degree for those asking. It is not a seminary degree. So, <laughs> no, I don't really care about this stuff. I just need to, you know, make 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 ends meet and pay the bills. <laughs> so, so, so when I was in Bible college, the, I when I was in there as a freshman and sophomore, I went ahead and I had them like, you know, I, I filled out my schedule. Mm-hmm. I had them like approve it, and then I changed all my classes to be like the fun ones, like Revelation and Romans and and all of those. See, I, I work for the software company that would stop people like you from being able to do that. <laughs> yeah, but I went to school before you. Yeah, um, and then are you kidding? CC, you would never have even paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then after that, like when I was a junior and senior and I had to take like freshman English, my grades like tanked. So Aww. I got great grades my sophomore or my freshman and sophomore year when I took all the fun stuff. And then I had to take all that boring stuff. It's like, ugh. See, I went to what they call a secular university. Actually, I went to a couple of them. Uh, I've been to a lot of colleges. <laughs> uh, so I had most of that stuff out of the way. And actually, I took math classes I did not even have to take to get my degree in Bible college. So I never, Ooh. I've got a master's degree and I've never taken a math ca- and math, math class in college. Uh, I took three total in college. Okay. I don't know how I have never taken a math class. I've also taken like four science classes. Ooh. And I think two of them ended up being electives wow. because of Bible college. <laughs> <laughs> so I took astrophysics, Geology, 
biology. Maybe I only took three. I swear there's one more, but yeah, I, uh, yeah. See, see, college I went to, like, they went to, um, so, so when I was there, I had to take a geology course, a science course through, right. you know, um, through the school. And, um, they said, you know, I was going to have to take a weekend off and I was a youth pastor at the time. I was like, well, I'm a youth pastor. I was like, I can't do that. They're like, well, you have to, you're not allowed to talk about Jesus anyway until after you graduate. And I was Whoa. like, what? Pause. Um, I was like, that makes no sense. Um, and so I just took my science classes through like a secular university and I was like, well, that's cool. They can tell me that my Jesus is, or that God is real. And you know, um, uh, they don't even believe in I, Jesus. I really cannot wait. It was no, not psychology. That would have been a psychology course. So I did take psychology. Yeah, that was Cincinnati Bible College. Nope, I took that at Owens Community College. Okay. My success started there. That was her tagline. Okay. Um, yeah, I took all I took all that. I took music theory. I took psychology, math. I took a business class. That was horrible. <laughs> what else? I took like a lot. I took a a cool elective I took for my arts was um <clears throat> Stage building, set building for theater. Oh, that that was fun. awesome. I still, I think I have a scar from burning myself with a drill in class. Okay. Those suckers get hot. I bet. Ooh, yeah. yeah. We hung lights and all that. I mean, your class was doing that. And then in the end, you made a diorama. Okay. I was like, I'd, oh, I'd been doing this all my life. You made a diarrhea? What? <laughs> yeah, that too. No. Okay. <laughs> you know, the little model of the stage that looks like the set or whatever. Yeah, that's they, a diarrhea. Yeah, that, those things. Yeah. Okay. Your kids have probably made tons of them. <laughs> they definitely made a lot of diarrhea. Dude, that's what, okay. So we need to talk about Ezekiel, but um, we're only at the five minute mark, so whatever. <laughs> and I already told you, I already told you the approximate dates. <laughs> what more do you want? Um, but my kids, everywhere they've been. So we, we've homeschooled and we've done co-ops and all that kind of stuff up until... Two years ago, we did a, a program where they did both. It was a uh, it was like a come alongside type program uh, where you homeschooled and you did some schoolwork as the kids have gotten older. And every single one of those things, our kids have had to make some stupid diorama. And what is Ezzy's first big project where they go to school now? <laughs> <laughs> Diarrhea? Yeah. yeah. You know what? I, all I heard in that story was blah, blah, blah. Co-op diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever your, I saw your daughters. Oh, you don't understand when when <laughs> when they started doing the planets and um, you know, Hadessa was like, came home and goes, "Daddy, guess what? We're doing the planets." And I was like, "Oh, really?" And she's like, "We have a project." And I was like, "Is Let yours on Uranus?" And she's like, "No, Mercury." <laughs> and then she totally didn't get it until all weekend long. I made as many Uranus jokes as I could possibly. And she's like, "Daddy, stop it! That's not funny anymore." I was like, "No, it is." <laughs> <laughs> I'm your dad, and it is funny. <laughs> and then she's like, "There's eight planets." I was like, "There's nine." And I was like, "I grew up my entire life telling me that Pluto is a planet." And she's like, "It's a dwarf planet." I was like. It's still a planet, so there's nine planets. Yeah, I mean, my very educated mother just served us nine. <laughs> Apparently. Nothings? Nine nothings. <laughs> but if it's still a dwarf planet, does that right, still yeah, not make it, it a nine planets? <sighs> you know, when I went to school and I took astronomy and astrophysics, <clears throat> the rule for it to be a planet was very simple. Orbiting around the sun, ability to clear its orbit. That was it. 
And for many years, Pluto was considered to have met those until a bunch of loser astronomers got together and like, oh, it couldn't clear its own orbit. That's why it's elliptical, blah, blah, blah. It can't clear its own orbit because it takes 900 freaking years for it to get around the sun, okay? It takes the gravity pull is way over there, pointing far away, and the planet is way over there, pointing the other way. Like It still makes it, though, right? What? They could say that it could not clear Neptune from its orbit or Neptune could not clear Pluto from its orbit would also be something. Anyway, sorry, I'm done. Whatever. Pluto's a planet. I'm not well versed in it. Pluto's a planet. Deal with it. It looks like a potato. So does your face. Like, you know, it's a planet. You know, Ezekiel's put a little edge in this. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'm pretty sure that poop is involved in Ezekiel's book. We're not there yet. Oh, yeah. I Um, I guess I should say in this series... We will probably have a lot of these marked with parental guidance suggestion things because Ezekiel, you're only on the third chapter. <laughs> Just wait. It, it, it'll be fun. Yeah, there'll um, be a lot of a lot of stuff we got to um, talk about. The intro, not as much unless you count the Uranus jokes and my mean your face looks like a potato joke. And, and by the way, like our history may change being a science may change. Well, okay. Scientists may come up with new stupid ideas, and they may change, think they're changing our history, but God's history never changes. Ooh, and so we will go into Ezekiel, who's pretty straightforward, actually. With, with What's very interesting is what I was reading uh, <clears throat> is that Ezekiel was once thought to be the perfect prophetic book with the best unity, one author, easily to read through, and then some chump in the 1870s was like, well, I think there could be two authors. And for some reason that became a predominant theory, but the scholarship that I've read just a, I've read a couple of commentaries, done a couple of little quick searches say that it is still one of the most unified books and, and in ex- the old Testament. And in considering, considering we did Hosea not long ago, like I'm okay. excited about this being pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, and even in a timeline wise, they say it's actually pretty straightforward as well. Yeah, um, he's he gives the dates of what's going on, which is really helpful. I was going to grab my main commentator's name here. Scrolling While he's saying that, yeah. I'm using Ezekiel, um, and it's uh, Ezekiel commentary-ish. It's by um, Christopher Wright. Um, it's from the Bible Speaks Today. F- favorite of the show. Um, which actually, I love it. He does not take it from a perspective of like a full like commentary, but he takes it from a narrative perspective. And so far I've had way much fun. Um, he really brings Ezekiel alive and he brings Ezekiel's background alive. Um, right now we're living in kind of a COVID world and I almost feel like, um, I can very much relate with where Ezekiel is in this, um, as he's sitting there trying to figure out where God is. And then all of a sudden God says, well, guess what? I'm right here. And he's got a pretty bad a dream vision that brings him to his knees to realize that, oh, wow, God's there. Now, <laughs> unfortunately, the, the whole fire represents a little bit more judgment, but I, I'm hoping that's not coming at least against me. Um, <laughs> well, if you wake up tomorrow and have a dream about fire raining down from the sky or coming up from the earth or anything in between, uh, let me know. Yeah. You know, especially if you're in the Cincinnati area. I've never really, you know, thought of you as much of a prophet, but I might be prone to pray about it. (laughs) Uh, Nope, not there. Anyway, so with that, um, I'm excited because at least 
um, Ezekiel has really opened my eyes and allowed me to be able to really, it's brought almost in a sense, the Lord's prayer, like um, our father who is in the heavens, that who is in the heavens. I mean, we're given permission to call him Abba father, but then that who is in the heavens, he's creator. And and you see this vision of God um, portrayed in Ezekiel one. And you're like, Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. that's the same God that gives me permission to call you father. And, you know, Ezekiel is just basically on his knees and God and spirit says, all right, let me help you up. Now here's what you're going to go do. Well, dang. <laughs> um, and so I guess I spoiled Ezekiel one a little bit, but we'll get more into that next time. But this time... Yeah, who, who listens to these intros anyway? Right. right. So this time, let's get into... Let, let's Wait, get really in. quick. I'm, my primary work is Ezekiel by Ralph H. Oh, yeah. Alexander. Uh, it's in the EBC, Expositor's Bible Commentary Series. Um, I've read through it before uh, using his commentary on personal study, so I like it. But, excuse me, I really have something stuck in my throat. <laughs> um... I might dip in and out of other sources, especially after what you just told me about Christopher J.H. Wrights. Uh, and if I do or I switch primary sources, I'll let you guys know. But right now, that's my numero uno. And, and I highly suggest if you get the opportunity, it's actually kind of expensive if you get it in paperback. But if you actually buy the um, Kindle version, it's much cheaper. Again, I highly, highly, highly suggest it. Um, I do take a lot of, out of there. Um, because I'm, I'm stupid and don't know much. It's 13 bucks on Logos right now. Okay. It's 17 on Kindle. Okay. And it's 30 if you buy the paperback. Now that's... Uh, it says here... I lost it. Oh, it's usually 19.99, so it's on sale right now on okay. Kindle. Or on Logos. Logos. So I highly suggest it. He's also got one on Jeremiah and Daniel, which I've been reading the one on Daniel also. That's pretty pretty awesome, too. We all avoid Jeremiah like the plague because we are already not happy. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I also use the IVP Old Testament commentary as well. Um, and I've got one upstairs that, that I have not been using, but it's there. And if I use it, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. So what else do you got on <clears throat> our man Zeke? Oh, I got tons. As he How much piled. do you have? Um, I don't have a lot. I do have some tips on reading through uh, prophetic visions and apocalyptic imagery. Okay. Um, or so most I have from him is that, uh, like I said, it looks like he was exiled from Babylon in 597. Uh, so we're going to date his book sometime around there, uh, up to the 570 BC. And uh, he was a priest, which is actually pretty important because he will later on in the book speak into some of the practices that the priests are doing and he'll condemn them. And he's got a right to, uh, not only because, you know, God speaks through him, but because he's also like got the background of a priest, knows the traditions and stuff like that. So you'll, uh, hear a lot of that upcoming. He also, his dad was a priest, so it's his lineage. Uh, that's, you know, his family namesake. His dad's name is Buzzy. Which, oh, I knew. I said I called him Boozy. Boozy, but Buzzy. Buzzy's cool. Um, you know, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> I can look up the pronunciation. <laughs> but uh, I did. Let's see. Let's see if I get the pronunciation. Looking up Buzzy. Please hold. Let's see. Man, your internet is like either super fast or non-existent. 
Um, it's hopefully most of the time super fast. It's supposed to be. Uh, I can't remember if the dot there, which one that means, crud. Oh, well. Because, yeah, I can't remember my Hebrew. <clears throat> no! Oh, well. Yeah, but anyway. Okay. So, yeah, he's a son of a preacher man. All right. And uh, what do you got? And then we can talk about other stuff. Um, so I've actually got a lot because I've got the context behind where he's coming from as well. Um, as Don had said, he kind of grew up being trained as a, as a priest for a good 25 years in Jerusalem um, until he wasn't. Um, and kind of some of the historical background, um, starting around 622 B.C., um, he was basically um, born to a family of priests. Um, but during that time, you've got King Josiah, um, who had actually... Re- really quick, it is boozy. <clears throat> boozy? Yeah, because the dot in the middle of the second letter is the ooh. I'm going to change my name to Scott Boozy Sulik. <laughs> Bo- you could just call His dad's a bit of a boozy guy. Boozy. You, know. <laughs> you say with like a good, like, deep voice, you sound cool. That's interesting. I would have changed my name. Hey, yo, Boozy, come over here, help me out with this. My name is Boozy. Welcome to (laughs) the podcast. Ah, this is Boozy. Boozy. (laughs) Um, So Ezekiel, uh, or Josiah, um, had been king for about 18 years. Um, King Josiah um, was actually one of the better kings. Um, He had actually been implementing religious forms, uh, reforms for, for around about five years. Um, he was destroying all the pagan places, purging the priests who were, were serving them. Um, moti- uh, he was ultimately motivated by, by religious sincerity. Um, he actually wanted to see um, God's people legitimately follow God. Um, he wanted to be free from those foreign nations. Um, and obviously that, that's hard to ask God to free you from those foreign nations when you're choosing to be disobedient. Um, so he ultimately wants to change the perspective of of. Um, of, of Israel of the time period. And unfortunately, uh, the problem comes down to, although he wants to eradicate idols, um, trying to change the hearts of the people and to get them to follow those reforms, that's a different story. Even if they're outwardly doing it um, or outwardly doing it in public, doesn't necessarily mean you're changing their hearts and their minds to be obedient to God and to follow him. Jeremiah, though, um, during this time was actually the the prophet that. Mean, oh, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so Jeremiah um, was ultimately the the, pro- the prophet that during this time was speaking against um, all of the these practices um, that that they were not following because um, many of them were hypocrite or hypocrite hypocritic. Hypocrites. Thank you. They were hypocrites. And so obviously they, they'd be worshiping these false gods um, on most other days, but then they'd come and worship God. And it's like, well, well, that's not cool. Um, and Jeremiah basically says, look, you need to go ahead and change your ways. Sounds very Hosea slash Joel. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Jeremiah just says, look, you need to change your ways. Um, otherwise, you, you know, um, God's going to come and bring his judgment um, uh, against you if, if you choose to continue to, to go against um, God's commands. And um, they did not listen to, to Jeremiah. And so unfortunately, things went bad for uh, um, for Jerusalem. Um, Josiah dies in a battle around 609 BC. Um, he was actually uh, marching against um, 
um, he wanted to intercept an army, um, uh, the Egyptian army with uh, Pharaoh. I don't know if it's Neko, Nico, Nico. I know Nico, Nico, but I was already wrong before, so you know. Um, and he basically wanted to just stop that pharaoh from going to help Assyria, who's going to go ahead and fight against Babylon. Um, that didn't go well. Josiah dies in that battle. Um, Jehoiakim becomes the next um, leader um, of um, uh, becomes the next leader. And um, he is basically obedient to Egypt, pays heavy taxes and tribute, um, basically reversed all of Josiah's reforms. Jeremiah and Jehoiakim don't get along. And in fact, Jehoiakim kind of has a bad um, temper. Um, he ends up ripping up um, or getting or burning, I don't remember, getting rid of a lot of uh, are burning Jeremiah's scrolls, um, mostly because Jeremiah called him greedy, arrogant, and, and uh, basically kind of focused on himself and full of injustice. And so Jehoiakim throws a temper tantrum and burns his scrolls. Um, Egypt and Babylon, they were going at, at it. Egypt lost. So then, now Jerusalem comes under the control of um, Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon, and they become a vassal state. Um Jehoiachin uh, basically eventually becomes the leader after Jehoiakim dies, and um, he surrenders the city after three months, but Nebuchadnezzar is actually fairly nice. Um, he does not destroy the, the city. He does plunder the temple and takes all the treasures. Um, he does exile the royal family. Um, however, for the most part, he leaves the city alone. Um, and that was, that was kind of the Babylonian way. Yeah. Yeah. And that happens for a while. Daniel, Ezekiel, um, and a bunch of royal people get deported out to Babylon. Um, but just because that happens, Jerusalem is still in existence. Um, Jehoiachin, uh, Jehoiachin is still the rightful um, leader, um, but he is not the one that is in, or he is not the one that Nebuchadnezzar puts on as a puppet, um, as a, a puppet king. As a vassal king. Yeah. yeah a puppet king. Um, he renames him uh, Zedekiah. Um, eventually, Zedekiah instigates a rebellion. And for 18 months, uh, Nebuchadnezzar attacks Jerusalem for an 18-month siege. And eventually, um, they lose. And during that time, that is when Nebuchadnezzar does get angry, destroys the city, and basically pulls um, a whole lot of people out of uh, Jerusalem, basically the bulk of the population, um, except for the poorest of the poor. Um, so those people all get taken into exile, and that's kind of where Ezekiel's ministry is going to start, is um, in, Jeru or, um, in, in Babylon, exile. in yeah. exile. Um, basically, I mean, everyone is trying to figure out what's happening, what's going on. Um, they're wondering, well, I thought God was supposed to protect us. Is God even real? Is God even around us? Um, look at the devastation. Look at these people that came over from Jerusalem. Um, look at how sickly they look. I mean, they just came out of an 18-month siege, and most of them are probably wondering where God is. Um, and you probably have even Ezekiel in this place going, well, wait, I trained for 25 years to be a priest, and I'm nowhere near Jerusalem. Um, probably even to trying to figure out um, what is his role and how does God want to use him. And when he turns 30... Um, which is when you can become a priest, um, this is when God begins to, to talk and, and kind of where his ministry is going to pick up. Um, and as Don said earlier, 
he's going to speak against the priest. Um, and does he have the authority to do that? Well, other than God making him a prophet, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, he's been trained for, for 25 years to, to be a priest. And although he's nowhere near Jerusalem, he does still know um, the Torah. He does still know God's law, and he does know what it means to be obedient. So can you pronounce Nebuchadnezzar's predecessor's name? His predecessor? Come on. Oh, no. You know I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Nabopolassar? Yeah, I never say it right. <laughs> Darn it. I just saw, I saw the name. I was like, oh, the Babylonian kings. Okay. So, so that's kind of the context where they're at. Um, Ezekiel's out there. Um, he knows everything that's been going on with in Jerusalem. Um, he knows what's been going on with Jeremiah. He knows that um, that this is kind of he, he knows the history of what's going on. So the context of what Ezekiel has been through has not been a pleasant experience, and he's now going to minister to his own people and speak to his own people. Um, and, and he's not exactly the comforter. No, he's not. He's not. Um, but he's going to play many roles throughout this um, and hopefully um, kind of bring some, hopefully be able to, to be seen, uh, I guess, maybe as a pastor in a way or uh, kind of encourage them to, to once again be obedient and follow God. <laughs> I like how you just kind of shrug your shoulders. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't seem to work for anybody else. <clears throat> right. Ezekiel has some luck. <laughs> well, God even says what in Ezekiel 1 or 2, they don't listen to me. They're not going to listen to you either. What? <laughs> Who, what, what, what pastor goes, yay. But anyway, here's your mission. <laughs> You're going to go talk to people about Jesus, but no one's going to listen. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, I feel like I'm being productive. Thank yeah. you. Sounds like fun. My reward's in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the context. So that's really what I focused on was the context, um, because especially getting into Ezekiel 1, 1 through, I mean, the first part of Ezekiel 1, you're like, oh, dang. You're like, that's his situation. And then God comes to him and is like, oh, God, you are there. Yeah, and Ezekiel starts out with a bang. Uh, so a couple of tips if you're going to read this along with us, which hopefully you are. That's the whole purpose behind this. Mm-hmm. Uh, be prepared for imagery that does not make sense. And for trying to understand things that are pictures that Ezekiel tries to draw with words that don't make sense either. And they're not going to, it's going to be very difficult. Uh, For the most part, whenever we've talked about any kind of visions or words from the Lord that the other prophets are talking about, they've been easy. You know, it's, it's been easy to understand why something looks like, you know, a tree withering or the ground, you know, blowing up and uh, water spewing forth or whatever. But when you're talking about like, you know, it was like a wheel inside of a wheel and, and everywhere it turned, it went straight. It's like, what does that mean? Kind of stuff. So, um, but when we get to put those pieces together, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. that is awesome. So beginning tips, Ralph Alexander says, first of all, Focus on the major ideas before digging into the details. The details are there to support that major idea. So that's the first thing. So when you're reading this, if you're reading along with us, um, we will try and explain as much as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. But some of these are so <clears throat> intricate, mm-hmm. you know, so busy, a lot of stuff going on. And we're a podcast, not a video cast. So we can't like, here's a picture. 
you know, we can't draw that or throw that up on the screen for you. Right. But we can at least give like a per, like, because in this imagery, um, I know the way Christopher Wright kind of explains it. And some of the imagery, Ezekiel would have understood some of it because it's like a deformed version of the, um, of the Babylonian imagery. And so God kind of takes it, twists it, makes it his own. And so some of that imagery, he would have understood who it is that he was talking to and what God's trying to communicate about himself. Which kind of leads to the next point is follow divine interpretation. Uh, There is interpretation in a lot of these. Uh, That's what it means to dig deeper and to find something else or to think that you got the, the Bible code and you look through Ezekiel and you found something and it could actually mean this when you thought it meant this and blah, blah, blah is probably not a healthy way to go through this. If there's the interpretation, you deal with it. It's in a certain context. But with that being said, there are parallel passages that may lead back to a former image or a former vision, but let them lead there and don't let them lead to your own thing. So what I'm saying is you're not going to find some super uber secret by trying to do this on your own and trying to interpret things with graphs and charts and all this other stuff, it's already there for you in the book. And it's not going to tell you who the Antichrist is or, you know, what, yeah. I'm going to make all sorts of jokes, but I'm not. Right. (laughs) Um, Another thing to be aware of is that some symbols and imagery, as a matter of fact, the majority of it, and Ezekiel is not literal. So you will need to find out what some of that stuff means, or in some cases, you have to look at it as though somebody is trying to explain to you something that neither they nor you have ever seen before. So, so here's the way like <laughs> I've described it with my students, and I'm not going to tell you the context because I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But um, we were explaining, so I I had a question um, from a student during one of my classes, and and they're like, Mr. Suluk, I don't don't understand this, Um, and and I don't, you know, what is it, and and I guess I'll I'll say, so (laughs) it's an African-American history class, and we were discussing the, the misuse of the Bible in order to encourage the American slavery system. And um, somehow we got into to a discussion because we were talking about how it is that, that the Bible was read and, and talked about, and, and a student asked this student. And so we got into this big, long discussion. Um, and uh, one, I forget, one of the students asked about like revelation and, and, and heaven and hell and, and all of that kind of oh, stuff. No. Oh, yeah. And, and so. You know, I so we were addressing. I mean, there's this book by Leon Morris. Well, well, the great thing about like this class, side side note, Leon Morris is like the best at explaining apocalyptic. Oh yeah, he's the guy that wrote the commentary when we did the Revelation study years ago. Oh yeah, that that was him. Oh okay, so great, great guy. So if you want to learn that stuff, Leon Morris. So James, it's the the one thing that I love about this class is I don't teach it. And, you know, people are like, but you, you, you're the teacher, you're supposed to teach it. Well, I just give sources. So like here's, uh, and it being African-American history, we throw out the white man textbook and we look at the very <laughs> specific 
um, words of African, African-Americans throughout history and what they have to say about the history, not about a textbook. And so I give them the resources and then we have a discussion. And, and the great thing is I can have two different classes and the discussion go in very different ways. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where the, this discussion went. And, and anyway, so it went this direction. We got very much in, into to Christianity, biblical, how the Bible is used, how you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and so one of the questions somehow got into revelation and and I asked them, I said, okay, explain a, pretend I'm living in the Roman empire or I'm living way back before technology existed. And I say, describe to me a computer. And it's great because they're like, well, there's a screen. I was like, what's a screen? Well, you have to, this, okay. It, it shows pictures. Well, what shows pictures? The screen. What's the screen? Well, you have to plug it in. Plug what in? What does plug in mean? Yeah. They're like, well, you use electricity. What's electricity? And they're like, okay. Okay, that fire so, comes from the sky. We've harnessed it. <laughs> so then right. they're like, well, then you, then you're like, um, you take a. Then you're like, it's okay. Imagine all the information that you can think of. Okay, and all of it is right there in front of you. And I was like. So you're telling me that it's stacked on like hundreds of thousands of scrolls? No, no, it's it's right in front of you. All of it? Like right there? Well, then you can scroll. So, oh, so it is a scroll. It's a piece of... And they're like <laughs> getting frustrated. They're like... I don't, I don't know what, so they had no clue. And I was, and I was like, it is as a window, but hard with right. pictures on it, but the pictures could be seen and moved. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's like, so they're trying to and explain. And then there were words, but also squares. And yeah. Yeah. And that's where we're at with Ezekiel and some of this apocalyptic literature is we're trying to explain if you're can, thinking, can you say apocalyptic again? Apocalyptic. Oh, darn it. Though. <laughs> called it apocalyptic. Um, and so it's one of those that, that one of the things that we're dealing with here is we're dealing with these are things that he's never seen, and he is trying to now explain it to people that didn't see the same vision that he saw. Right. If you're thinking <clears throat> heaven, well, you're trying to get, you know, in, in Revelation, you're trying to get a picture of how amazing heaven is, and now you got to use the best pictures and images that you can think of to describe this, well, this place. So this is where some of this apocalyptic scripture is coming from. Apocalypse. (laughs) I'm done talking. Uh, (laughs) Some of this is where, you know, you got Ezekiel. imagery. (laughs) Yeah. You've got them trying to explain um, in words um, what it is that they saw and in a way that you would understand it. And like, Another thing that Ezekiel is using is kind of what your students were using. So, uh, for instance, spoiler alert, he talks about images that have four heads and four faces, and each one had four wings and covered in eyeballs and, you know, all this other stuff. I only wish I was an artist. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what he does is he's drawing on some of the Babylonian imagery that he's seen around. So he's drawing upon the culture they would have been used to to try and help describe some of this stuff. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So when you do look at Babylonian art, you will see fantastic griffin-like creatures that might have three heads or whatever. So he's also trying to describe it in a context in which they'll understand. It, it will make less sense to us 2,600 years later mm-hmm. than it did to them in that context. Because in if I were to try and explain to somebody you know, the vision that I saw by putting on an Oculus 
Quest headset and playing the game Beat Saber, I would say, oh man, it's like the person had a sword that was a laser, it was like a lightsaber, and there was like things coming at you and you had to hit them, blah, blah, blah. But in 2,600 years, that will probably make a whole lot less sense unless they knew that a lightsaber was something that came from Star Wars that, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, you know, it just kind of goes on. There, there. That's why it is important not to mix yourself up into the imagery and to try and decode it as anything different than what it is decoded or interpreted as, interpreted as in the text. And history does play a role within this because you have to remember what is their context. Well, I just gave you that whole spiel of them being in Jerusalem and being shipped out and exiled to here. This is yeah. what they've experienced. They are now living in a Babylonian culture and they see these Babylonian gods and idols all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're there wondering whether their God is powerful enough to even go against these because they are surrounded by these, these images and yeah, Ezekiel is good, utilizing these images. It's a good work, Brother Scott. What would I say? <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. <clears throat> Um, so they're utilizing these images to to try and, and, and explain what it is that, that's going on. And they would have understood it because it's all the way around. It's, it's all over them. Like I make a Beyonce comment and people are like, oh, yeah, I know Beyonce. Blah, blah. I mean, you make a, a comment about one of their, their idols. Well, they're going to go, oh, OK, yeah, I, see, I saw that the other day just walking it, you know. And I, I almost you can almost take Beyonce into the context here. Once again, if I were to say, <clears throat> imagine if you could, the most beautiful voice singing that you ever heard, it was like Beyonce, but like a hundred times better than Beyonce. Like that would make a lot of sense in our culture here. And I could, I could throw that out there and I could have, you know, honestly, like Alicia Keys is such a better singer and she needs more credit than Beyonce. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> like, imagine if you were trying to explain that to somebody, it's kind of the same way, but he's trying to explain images. So like, you're trying to say, okay, imagine these beings, but they are more magnificent looking than the God you see around you. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's that contextualization that's going to be very important in this book. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and so, I mean, history is a huge part of that. Their context is a huge part of that. Um, and it's been fun as I've been studying it because I think their context can very much relate within our context. And I think we're going to see, at least for me, I feel like I've already been able to see how um, God's, God's word, um, even when it comes to the prophets, is timeless and can very much fit within our culture. I think we saw that a lot with Deuteronomy. I did struggle a little bit about with that with Hosea, but I saw it, you know. Um, and um, and what was th- what was the last one we did? Joel. Joel. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that's like a blur. Um, we had so many stops and stops. Right. <laughs> it, I think there's six total episodes out of it. Oh wow. So. And we haven't posted any yet because we just posted the last Hosea. Oh, okay. The first Joel will probably be this week. Oh, okay. So if you're listening to this, <clears throat> it was cold outside when we started posting <laughs> Joel. <laughs> we recorded it when it was warm outside. Yes. I just started getting cold, which is odd because it's... Maybe the end of it. December. We've had a, we've had a warm yeah, fall kind of, so... So... It was like... 
70 degrees like two weeks ago. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. So. And now like... What you Thanksgiving was like 60. Yeah, actually Thanksgiving was nice. Yeah. Odessa and I, we went for a walk and chilled outside and played for a little bit. And Yeah, we did a lot of like outdoor work and stuff, getting the everything winterized. And like mm-hmm. I told you, we had roof people looking at our roof mm-hmm. and climbing around on there, so yeah. whatever. And we pressure washed part of our house in our driveway, and yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, well. And do you have anything else before we wrap up the intro, I, I guess? don't. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a lot, so we just hope you read along with us. We recommend picking up one of our two commentaries. Uh, maybe more resources if you have them. If you have better ones, we'd love to hear about them at Bakesh at podbean.com where you can always leave a comment or Bakesh at outlook.com where you can always send us an email and we're on Facebook just search Bakesh and we're the ones with the B um, there's I'm finding more and more Hebrew uh, symbols out there uh, for Torah based <laughs> uh, studies so apparently we stole it from the the messianics I don't know <laughs> I don't know we yeah yeah, whatever. Go us. Yes. Yeah, we were Listen, first. Yeah, we've been doing this for Deuteronomy was three years. years Making me look it up. Worth of us, ours at least. It took yeah, us. yeah, Deuteronomy alone was like three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, jeez. What's wrong with us? So, I don't know. I don't know what Ezekiel's going to be like, but I'm I'm way excited. I was, I was excited about jumping in, and the more that I jump in, the more excited I get about it. And Unfortunately, it's late here, and so we're going to shut this down and probably not start it. Okay, definitely not start a new uh, the next podcast tonight. But I'd be like, ooh, um, oh yeah, yeah, it's oh, it's late. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, we talked a lot to yep. start, but anyway, uh, thanks for listening. And as always, uh, till next time. I don't have an as always. I made that up. Yeah, we don't have. We do we need it? We, we need I mean, outro because with Ezekiel, we can now start. Yeah, we can because do anything we want now. Right, because people wouldn't know whether that, like, right. where do we start other yeah. than Ezekiel's not fully posted. Yeah, Maybe we'll next time. So, wait, wait, what did you say as the outro? As always. As always. Uh, wait. The Valley of Dry Bones has four faces, and each face will march directly towards you without turning to its left or its right. But is that as always right. or just chapter one? No, I got nothing. We, we, got, we got to come up with something. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.